This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. I shared a story about a young man who was born in a hospital, um, and his mom's first words was a gasp which uh, represented a form of rejection because the baby was born imperfect. And, um, and the mom began to cry because there was something wrong with the baby. And that baby was me. I was born with a, a deformed right ear. And I remember my mom telling me about that. But I think, uh, you know, n- nothing she did on purpose, but there was this identity issue that I believe uh, hovered over me from early on that I can remember of this identity of trying to be perfect or lamenting in the valley. You know, it's, it's that, um, that spirit of perfection that our country is so uh, addicted to that we can't handle anything that's imperfect. And I, I'm sad that that has seeped into the church and it's been like that for a long time. You know, there was a time where if you needed glasses, you were probably made fun of at school. You were called what? Four eyes, yeah. I don't think they do that anymore, right? Uh, I remember um, me because I carried the spirit of, of rejection and perfection. I remember making fun of a kid, uh, unstopped uh, making fun of because he had a hearing aid, which is funny, isn't it? Uh, so, uh, but I had to make, uh, I had to somehow compensate making someone with a hearing aid, uh, glasses, anybody that was different, uh, was, especially when I was raised, uh, in this, in the poor areas of Huntington Station, New York, we made fun of them. There was a guy who, uh, rode the, the short bus on, in town. And I'm going to just tell you, we just, uh, piled on him, uh, Every day, um, and to this day, I, I incredibly feel bad. I was an eight-year-old kid um, calling this kid who was riding a short bus uh, a horrible name. But there was this identity uh, issue, this crisis of identity that hovered over me, the spirit of perfection. And then what happens when things aren't going well? You all of a sudden you have this spirit of uh, lamenting when things don't go well. And, you know, I have a professor friend of mine who talked about kids who, uh, he has a child that has great special needs. And he says, uh, he wrote an article about it, how the church consistently is always trying to uh, heal him, pray for healing over him. And he challenged the church, what may need healing is how we view the boy and not actually the boy. And so that was a challenge to me, and I could see how God has used my professor in that area. Maybe how we see things is what needs healing uh, and not necessarily, you know, uh, the right ear. My ear, uh, I had about seven plastic surgeries throughout uh, my childhood trying to fix uh, what was damaged. And so, uh, quite honestly, we would have been better off leaving it alone. So we don't like imperfections. We don't like elderly. We send them off to to this special place 
uh, that goes from, uh, you know, the nursing home where we might uh, and most likely forget about them. Uh, what I call misfit land, you know, based on that, uh, that old cartoon Christmas time of uh, Rudolph in, in misfit land. So uh, we send people off. If you're sick, you go over there and we don't want, we don't even want you in our peripheral vision. You know, back in the day, churches would have cemeteries right next to the church. But who wants to be reminded that we're finite? So we, we, we put those places up on North Monroe, and we don't really ever go there. We don't want to be reminded of our imperfection. And so this kind of spirit of uh, what I call a dark spirit has hovered over our, our, our culture. And sadly, I've been affected by it as well. And then we last week, we talked about 1 Kings chapter 20. There was about this king uh, who was uh, uh, attacking the Israelites. And they thought that the Israelites could only succeed because their God was the God of the mountains, the mountaintop. And we learned last week that God is not only uh, the king of the mountaintops, but he's also the king of the valleys. Uh, just turn to 1 Kings chapter 20, and you can see that. One of the things that we learned last week, or last time, excuse me, Adam spoke last week and he did a phenomenal job. But two weeks ago, when I shared on this, we talked about one of the things we could learn from the story that we just read in 1 Kings is that we need to unshackle God. See, the Syrian king thought God was only the, and I mentioned that, the God of the mountain, uh, and the, but the Israelites couldn't succeed in the valley. And the God, their God would lose. And I was trying to help us, encourage us to read the story because God is also the God of the valley. We need to unshackle God from our demands that we live in a 24-hour cycle of blessing, of perfection. We need to learn to embrace the challenges of the valley when they come. And guess what? They all come. Even the rich and famous have times in the valley There'll be times where one moment we're happy and the next moment we're crying. Uh, there's, uh, uh, there's grief and there's joy. Uh, there's well-behaved kids and there's a time of unruly kids. One of my favorite comedians, Brian Regan, he would start his sermon, his, his, his comedy act, and he would say, I've been married for 25 years, and I have two wonderful children, and everybody like, yay. And then after the applause, he goes, and I have that other child. And... Uh, uh, parents tend to laugh. If you have more than one kid, you think it's funny. I made the mistake and opened up with that line at a college conference. And I said, I have two wonderful children. And, that, and he clapped and I go, and that other child. And they literally booed me because I was being mean. And I said, uh, wrong audience, wrong audience. You got to know your audience. But we need to unshackle God from uh, that demands that we live in a 24-hour cycle of blessing. And so I, the challenge for us as a church, let's unshackle God to think that he can only be, and we can only be victorious when we're on the mountaintop. He is with us in the valley. Although I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. The second thing, we embrace the valley. Uh, part of our anxiousness of being in the valleys that we're trying to live a life that doesn't exist, a perfect life. It doesn't exist. We have challenges. The third thing I talked about, that God, uh, remember that God has a reason. He wasn't trying to defend a prophet or a king. He says in that last portion of that scripture, and you will know that I am the Lord. You will know that I am the Lord. So God is, is uh, there with us, and he'll prove over and over again that he is the Lord. 
And the last thing we learned two weeks ago, it's not about you. It's not about me. I talked about how Adam Bechtel triggered a memory, and I realized that some of my circumstances are not just about me and myself and I, that there might be a bigger reason I am where I am. And I shared a testimony, and I thank the Lord for putting me in those moments of valleys. Now we're caught up. I'm going to try to do this in uh, 10 to 15 minutes. So please listen, pay attention, say uh-huh, mm-hmm, and then I'll move on. If you look bored, I'll, I'll say it again and again. So uh, James chapter 4, verse 6, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Let me repeat that. God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. The problem with proud people or people that think they've arrived on their own merit and their own doing, they never learn. The Bible says God opposes the proud, but shows, favor, uh, but shows favor to the humble. The proud never learn. So now we are living a life, and how do we live a victorious life in the valley? Uh, you know, sometimes our valleys, we don't really know why we're there. Uh, some can be because there's a, an attack of Satan. You are in this, this emotional uh, pit that you're in some sort of valley. And uh, some of those attacks are due to our enemy of our soul. Some of it is based just on our, I have little kids here, no, uh, on our stupidity, right? We're just being dumb and somehow we've caught ourselves in this valley. Have you ever done that? I remember as a young married man, I uh, bought a truck, uh, brand new, that I didn't, couldn't really afford. And next thing you know, I find myself in a financial valley. And that would be self-induced uh, Dumbness on my end for putting my, me and my brand new wife in that situation. But some are, is just life. You know, a tree falls on your house. Uh, you know, I wouldn't attribute that to Satan um, or being dumb. It's just the wind blew and a big old branch uh, fell on your house. So help me out, okay? In your minds, um, answer the question. Satanic attack, dumbness on your own part, or just life, all right? So I'm going to give you some circumstances that people go through all the time. Your car engine blows up. You're right? It all depends, right? I know of a family member that forgot to put oil in his car. So I would, <laughs> uh, we would call that dumbness, all right? Uh, Husband and wife fight on the way to church. I don't know. It really depends. I've had many of those. Um, you get out of the car and a flock of Canadian geese poop on your outfit. Is that a satanic attack? An attack of stupidity or just life? You are falsely accused of company theft. Is that a satanic attack, stupidity, or just life? Your relationship with your spouse out of the blue is going sour. Is that a satanic attack, attack of stupidity, or just life? Sometimes we don't really know what's going on when we're in the valley. 
You can't sleep at nights. You know, we're not, I know that you're not drinking coffee at 10 o'clock at night, but something, you're just restless and you can't sleep. Or you're having scary dreams. Or you're feeling alone. Or you didn't get the job that you thought you were highly qualified for. Was that a, is that a satanic attack or is that just life? Or is it something that one has done uh, to put themselves in that circumstances? Maybe someone is struggling with mental health and we've, uh, we've uh, talked about that a few times this past year. Um, I have a friend of mine, uh, it's on my phone over there, but um, she was a Chi Alpha alumni. She's probably in her mid-30s now. And I shared this a few um, last year, but they have two, I think three beautiful girls. Uh, the eldest, uh, two days after Christmas, didn't wake up. She died in the middle of, of the night, eight years old. Um, apparently about 400 children a year, ages one to 18, there's no reason medically uh, why the, the child doesn't wake up. Is that a satanic attack? Is that just life? Or is that just someone's uh, dumbness? See, it gets really serious, doesn't it? One of the challenges we have is to try to discern what is really going on. Now, typically, if it's self-induced, you need to humble yourself and say, Lord, I, 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 placed, I got myself into circumstances. You need to ask the Lord to humble you to remove the veil of deceit. Someone is, consistently warns you about uh, circumstances. And I like to pick on my son because he's not here and he's learned. But, you know, he called me one day and he told me, that his car wasn't uh, sounding right. And I said, we're gonna take it to the mechanic. And uh, so he was in college. And so uh, a couple weeks later, I, I call him. I said, hey, did you take the car to the mechanic? He said, no, I'm going to. And then a week later, did you take the car to the mechanic? He said, no, I'm not. It's doing better. I took it to AutoZone and we did a little scan. And I'm like, that's not what I said. Uh, and then we're taking a family vacation, and on, on the way to Orlando, he was in St. Augustine. He was going to meet us in Orlando, and his car blew up in Daytona. Um, that little sound that was weird was the, a water pump that had uh, busted. And so that is, an, um, well, from my son's perspective, he probably had a satanic attack from his dad. Um, <laughs> From my perspective, you know, he wasn't listening to the warning signs. The warning signs were there. I was warning him. The actual car was making warning sounds. And if you're uh, too proud to, to listen to the warning signs, then, uh, you know, sometimes you get a blown engine or a blown marriage or a blown bank account because you weren't listening to the, uh, the warning signs. Did the enemy put me in that situation? We, those are questions that we tend to ask. But I think there's a more important question 
whether if it's satanic, uh, whether it's through our own stupidity, or was it just because of life? I think there's a, a more important question, and I'm going to ask you that question at the end. What do you think that more important question is? In 2 Samuel chapter 5, verses 17 through 25, and I love reading and studying the life of David, but he found himself, uh, he, he's, uh, he's now the king of all of Israel. Uh, there was a civil war. He's 30 years old, and now he's on the, he's, he is in the peak of his life. He's living a mountaintop. He's living a mountaintop, and um, I can only imagine he's exhausted from all the wars that he's, he's had to fight, even from a young, young man until this point. He was exhausted, and I imagine he was catching his breath. And next thing you know, in 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 17, he's being attacked again by the Philistines. And if you read the story, he gets attacked twice. In verse 517, when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, they went up in full force to search for him. But David heard about it and went down to the stronghold. So the enemy heard that David is, you know, he's now uh, the king and they found an opportunity to go attack him later on in the chapter. And so the same thing happened. Once more, the Philistines came up and spread out in the valley of Rephraim, and they were about to attack him again. And David, look what it says in verse 23, David inquired of the Lord. That's really important. If I was writing notes, I would write that thing, is that while, uh, whether you're on the mountaintop or in the valley, David inquired of the Lord. And the Lord spoke to him, do not go straight up, but circle around behind them and attack them in front of the poplar trees. A phenomenal story. So one of the things, uh, I think slide number six. One of the things you need to be aware of when you're in the valley, especially in the valley, is be aware when attacks often happen. Right around 2001, I was, uh, I was, I uh, had a, a horrible experience. I had this event um, ailment called Bell's palsy. I still have actually permanent damage from it. Bell's palsy uh, kind of paralyzes half of your face. It looks like you have a stroke. Uh, but Bell's palsy is a close cousin to uh, the chicken pox, and, sh and shingles is also a close cousin to the sh uh, chicken pox. And if you had chicken pox growing up, uh, you have that little virus uh, in you. Anybody had chicken pox growing up? Yeah, look at that. Woo! I asked my doctor why I, half my face was paralyzed. And he says, well, you have Bell's palsy. And what happened is that virus was triggered, um, found an opportunity in your life because you were under incredible amount of stress and the body is weak. And Satan's just like this. He sends his little minions to scour the earth to see who is vulnerable. At the time, I was trying to raise about $5,000 a month from college students just to pay rent. 
My rent for the bank building was $3,500. My uh, utilities was $1,500. Just to turn the lights on and have a building on campus, $5,000 a month. And I didn't, know, I didn't know how to read my body and stress. I thought it was fine until I was clobbered uh, by this six-month event. But I need to be aware and read the signs, and especially when attacks most often come. And somehow the enemy understands opportunities. We could be wasting time to figure out who's doing the attacking when we need to be shoring up our spiritual uh, fortification on how to, to respond when we're in these circumstances. Some of us are in financial stress right now, and that means you are vulnerable to temptations. And as a church, we need to be aware of everybody else's vulnerable situations to help them out. You gotta be aware, and you know the signs before you have a big blowout with your spouse. Because when you have a big blowout with your spouse, what do you, the enemy comes and ha, tries to apply these opportunities for you to somehow find yourself on a website that you shouldn't be. So the enemy goes around looking for opportunities. Maybe you're, you're fighting with your spouse and you go to work and, and you're at the coffee bar there and, and all of a sudden your, your coworker thinks you're funny and your coworker is listening and all of a sudden you have, wow, you can see how the enemy comes to, to take advantage of that opportunity at work when you're struggling at home with your spouse. There's so many things that the enemy is looking for. Nothing's going right at work. What are we vulnerable uh, to, from the attack? Uh, what attack would come when we're vulnerable if not things are going right at work? How do you respond? I, I, I pray for our, our, our couple that, that's dealing with this. How do you respond when your child doesn't wake up? Satan loves opportunities. He may not be the cause of you and me being in the valley, but he loves opportunities. King David was on the mountaintop. On, on the corporate ladder, he was on the top. He was success, a successful king at age 30. Whether you're on the top of the mountain or bottom of the valley, there's always, he's always looking, the enemy's looking for opportunities to attack. The second thing I learned from this little short uh, passage in the Bible is that we need to listen and obey. Typically, when we're under attack, we don't usually have time to listen. But I am asking you and I'm telling myself that when we're under attack and we're being tempted from all areas, that we take time to read his word and to listen to what the Spirit is saying. I read the scripture and it says that David inquired of the Lord. King David was already a veteran military man, even at the young age of 30, but he did not operate on his own wisdom, even 
or operating on previous orders. He took time to heed and learn and inquire of the Lord. And I challenge us to do that. What is the Lord saying to me during my time in the valley? You know, um, last week I talked about how we, uh, two weeks ago I talked about how we have this culture of perfection and that too many marriages are uh, abort themselves because they fell out of a love with one another. And I shared with you that in our 34 years, I said this two weeks ago, of our 34 years of marriage, my wife and I had fallen out of love at least 100 times. I said that two weeks ago. Robin wanted me to update it to 101 this week. And so that, that, number, that number keeps uh, changing. But what do you do when you're stressed out? Where you're, finan you're financially in a hole, you're emotionally in a hole. Those are just opportunities. Like the virus, I was under stress. Now, of course, these are not all circumstances. I'm not talking about every circumstance in your, in your life is because of stress. But I will tell you, the enemy comes and he's lurking to see whom he can devour. To seek, he's looking to destroy, to steal, to crush. But God wants us to lean on him, lean on him, to listen. You remember what I said in the beginning? The proud never learn. The proud never learn. The humble, God gives grace. Humble ourselves and say, Lord, speak to me. Speak to me. How do you want me to respond in this circumstances? It might be repentance. Like, you know, like I tell you that story about financially overburdening my family, uh, buying that new truck. Lord, help me, Lord, to learn from this mistake. Help me to humble myself. Lord, help me to listen. I would love to tell you I'm a phenomenal listener to my wife, but sometimes she has to like grab me and say, listen, listen. And sometimes the Lord does that to us, listen. So when we're under attack, it's time to listen. It's time to listen and to obey. I'm gonna ask the band to come on up. I'm challenged, uh, you know, I'd like to just finish right now and just say, Lord, what are you trying to teach us this morning? What are you trying to teach us this morning? The beauty of living in the New Testament time is that through Christ, we have direct access to the Lord. We can hear what the Lord is saying. The Holy Spirit, if you're a believer, resides in us. And the Holy Spirit can direct us and help us and convict us. If we're in the valley, we have the Holy Spirit helping us to learn and to be victorious. We have God's word. Open it, listen, read it. And the Lord 
has bigger things in mind than you winning the lottery. You know, sometimes you know, I remember as a young man, it's like, Lord, just give me the lottery numbers and I will, I will do great things for your kingdom. I know this because we've done some research and you, you've done the research. The lottery numbers doesn't give you Christ's love. It doesn't give you Christ's peace. It doesn't give you Christ's joy. Those things are, when you, when you have that, you can't put a value on it. Through the Holy Spirit, Jesus gives us purpose. So if you find yourself in the valley, listen and obey. Be smart, know when the attacks come. Be ready, gird yourself up. Ask for prayer. Ask for prayer, humble yourself and say, I need prayer in this circumstance. Or every head bowed, eye closed, just got a quick question. You're saying, Pastor Mario, I um, experienced some sort of valley experience, and I'd just like for you to pray for me. Just raise your hand if that's you. Yes. Amen. Basically, everybody, I'm raising my hands. Lord, I thank you, Father. Help me to learn my own message. So as I finish up, we're going to sing this song. We talked about life circumstances and what are the reasons, but what's the real question we need to be asking? What is the most important question we need to ask ourselves when we're in the valley? Lord, I pray, God, that you would help us to learn. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Help us to be the kind of believer that even in life's trials of being in the valley, we can find victory in you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you liked what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.